Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Robert Lindsay Milne. Robert is a fellow YouTube podcaster and he is recognized across the continent as one of the most insightful, psychic, intuitive counselors of his time. He has traveled the world giving insight with his psychic, intuitive sessions to tens of thousands of people. Robert, thank you so much for being my guest today and welcome. I've been really excited um, since yesterday. I've been looking forward to talking with you and um, sharing some things, some stories and ideas and stuff like that. Thank you. Well, thank you. And um, I'm really curious to see what your predictions are of 2022 and your psychic abilities. And let's just start here. How did you discover you were a psychic in the first place? Great story. Um, we all, By the way, all the people that do this work have a really interesting story, how we discovered it. I discovered what that I, that I have... Um, psychic awareness or psychic abilities when I was around nine years old, but I had been doing psychic things far sooner than that. Um, and I used to get into trouble for the things that I would say um, because they would upset people. Like uh, I remember coming home from school one day, I was about either kindergarten or grade one. So I'd be like five or six. And as I say, I, I'm, a, I'm an older person. I was born in 1949. So I'm, you know, I turned 73 this coming July. So the world was a little bit different in the 1950s. But um, I came home from school and I said to my mother, Grandma Harris died today. Uh, well, Grandma Harris actually was my great grandmother. And I was living in Toronto and my great grandmother lived in London, England, and I had only seen her once. So I came home, said, you know, Grandma Harris died today. My mother freaked out, yelled at me and said, stop saying those terrible things. And she probably even hit me for it. And so that was like the afternoon. The very next night, we we're having dinner. My father, my mother, my sister and I were sitting at the table and my mother said, to my dad, Grandma Harris died yesterday. And I thought my dad was going to get angry with my mother for saying that Grandma Harris died. Um, to my astonishment, they didn't. They talked about it. Um, why it took a day was because you couldn't like do texting in 1955. And, and long distance calls were hard to make. So my mother heard about it the next day. For some reason, she forgot that I had said that Grandma Harris had died. To my astonishment, they talked about it. And as a kid, you know, Uncle Harold, that wasn't Aunt Sally. Who was that? Well, that one got me hit for sure. Um, and I didn't understand. And, and for a long time, I was hesitant to say things because I would get into trouble. When I was nine... Um, my father took me to a Stanley Cup uh, semifinal 
Boston and Toronto. And um, so we were Toronto Maple Leaf fans. The, the series was tied 1-1. The uh, game was tied 1-1 at the end of the third um, period. And when the teams came on the ice for the first overtime period, they just sort of started to stretch, you know, and I became drawn to number 17 with Toronto Maple Leafs. And his name was Gary Eamon. Uh, he was a mediocre. Ho- All right, so he's a mediocre hockey player in the greatest league in the world, but he still was a mediocre hockey player and he wasn't a first stringer. Um, I knew he was going to score and the game hadn't started not only did I know he was going to score, it was so real to me. It was as if he had already scored. And I was getting kind of excited and revved up, but the game hadn't started. Anyway, the referee blows his whistle. The team goes to the, you know, the teams go to the bench. You know, they turn the lights down in the building and the starting lineup on both teams are ready and they're ready to drop the puck um, at center ice. And Maple Leaf Gardens held about eighteen to 20,000 people. And the lights were down. The entire building was silent waiting for the game to start. And I couldn't hold back anymore. And I jumped up and started to yell and scream and cheer for Gary Eamon because he scored the overtime goal, but he wasn't even on the ice. And everybody in the building turned and looked at me and my dad and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said sit down and i did and then the referee dropped the puck and the game started and a couple of minutes later eman jumps on the ice or jumps over the boards and i think a guy named red kelly passed the puck to him he tips it in the net goes in uh, eman went scores the overtime goal toronto wins and the building completely erupts when I jumped up and started yelling and screaming, and my dad told me to sit down, I got really silent, and I thought, nobody knows Eamon's going to score. And I really wasn't paying that much attention to the game. I was focused on nobody knows he's going to score. And then he scored, and the building erupted, and all the flash bulbs went off, and I just listened to the crowd, and I was just looking around, and I thought, other people think differently. Now, it wasn't that sophisticated. I was nine years old. But it was that realization that other people didn't see it. And things fell into place at that point. Um, and... I knew somehow, some way, that was what I was going to be doing for my lifetime. And um, the light hit me then. So I was about nine. When you had those psychic premonitions, do you just have a knowingness? Or did you actually see the event like as a movie playing out in your mind? Yeah, I'm even today, um, I'm more I know rather than I see or I feel rather than I see. Um, but sometimes when I'm describing something, I, I, I could use I, I see, or I feel, or I sense. But, but um, I'm not necessarily clairvoyant or, 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 or that visual in my readings. Sometimes I am, but that's not the main focus. The main focus for me is I just simply know, and, and I speak and the words come out. That's for, it, for me, kind of like that. Do these psychic 
experiences now still happen spontaneously or are you in control of it? Well, yes and no. Um, I have to deliberately shut down so that I don't um, pick up on lots of energy around me in in, in my my personal life. Sometimes if I don't protect myself, I, you know, like, like put a, a protection around, it's like, do you remember in the days when uh, in, in malls, when they would have a bunch of music stores and they'd have the music stores with their, you know, their big um, speakers out blasting into the, um, into the, the mall. Um, it was like that walking by three um it's, it's like that walking by three or four music stores that are all together playing four different songs, all at full blast. That's what it's like sometimes for me when I'm out walking around with people, if I'm not protected, it can get me. That, that's what it's like. It gets very loud. People are, people's energy can be very loud to me. Now it started with you when you were nine. Before you were or five, not, yeah, or yeah. five. Do you think that there's any type of metaphysical event that happened before that that could have been a catalyst to start this? Like you had some type of near death experience or anything? I I don't recall, nor have I heard from my family that um, there were any of the. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if these two things are correlated. Okay. I don't know. However, when I was about three, um, my mother had told me the story. When I was about three years old, I was throwing stones in Lake Ontario. And, and according to my mother, um, I fell in the water and got pulled out and she wasn't a swimmer. And she told me that, you know, she was out up to her shoulders trying to get me. And then this man came along and jumped in the water and pulled me out. Um, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's connected, um, at at all. Um, it's, it's just simply the way I perceive things. I'm not sure. Astrologically, the astrologers that have done my chart, um, indicate that, that, that that's really where I'm most focused on the, the, you know, where where most of my talent is. At what point did you cultivate this talent into a profession? I was 15 and a half. Um, I came from a um, highly dysfunctional family. And a big part of my life was both physical abuse and, 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 and sexual abuse, as well as emotional abuse. And the first time I left home, I was 14 and a half. And I lived in downtown Toronto in the wintertime. And I survived on the streets using my psychic ability and psychic awareness. And that was, I knew what I was doing um, after that event at Maple Leaf Gardens at nine. And I survived on the street using my instincts, intuitions, and um, to to, to get by. And and I helped a lot of other people, even when I was a, a child on the street. And in the springtime of that year, um, the police found me and, and and took me back home. And I spent from Easter to just after my birthday in July with, with my family again. And then at in, in that autumn of um, when I was 15, 
I, I, I left again. I, I never lived full time with my family ever again. And in that time, once again, I, I, I lived at first I was homeless and then, and then I, I got settled and I knew I was doing readings. I was doing them. I was being psychic. I knew what I was doing and it was, it was my survival. And I heard that if you worked at a tea room it, um, in, in Toronto at the cozy tea room, they did tea leaf and card readings. If you worked there, uh, and you worked in the afternoon, you would get a sandwich, a cup of tea and some cookies and you'd get paid. And if you worked in the evening, you, you know, you got a hot dinner, um, a cup of tea and cookies and you got paid. And on January 17th, 1965 was coming up and you know, like my my 57th anniversary uh, of doing of being a psychic. I, I applied at the cozy tea room. I was just a kid. It was a really cold January day. And. Uh, the woman that owned the place was called, her name was Mrs. Cox. And the way I got the job was I had to do readings for her. I had never done a tea leaf reading or a card reading in my life. I had no idea how to do it, but that's what I had to do. So what I did is I just picked up the teacup, you know, had the little blobs of uh, tea leaves and, and I, and I held the, you know, the cup in front of my face like this. I looked at my, I looked at Mrs. Cox and I just talked to her pretending I was talking about stuff that was in the teacup. And then the same with when I was doing, you know, to do card readings, I just put the cards on the table as a spoon. And, and I'd point to this card and I'd say, well, this is the seven of hearts. And then I just uh, go on and talk about whatever I was sensing about that person. And uh, I got hired. And that day, that, that day, I, I, I worked both the uh, afternoon shift and the night shift. So I got a hot dinner, which was really good. Um, and I got a lunch. And I got paid and I had a job to go to the next day. And, and, and I worked at the cozy tea room till I was a little bit more than 21 years old. And during that time, um, I worked five days a week, six days a week, sometimes even seven days a week. And um, there would be days where I would see 35, 40 people, or there'd be days that I would see 10. By the time I finished working at the tea room, I'd, I'd done thousands of readings. I had done my ten hour, you know, my ten thousand hours, um, and I was twenty one. Do you feel like you refined your skills or got any better, or it really didn't matter because you the ability right. didn't change, anyways? Well, um, at my age right now, I am more aware, better. I do better, deeper more broad-based readings than I've ever done at any other time in my life. And I have always seen this as, as a talent, not so much as a gift. And I've been dedicated, committed to my craft. When I was, when I was leaving the tea room, because it used to eat my guts out, when I found out that the tea room was charging $2.50 for a reading, they were doing that. Now, in those days in Toronto or in Canada, doing readings was against the law. So to get around the law, they sold a cup of tea and cookies. Uh, and um, as, as entertainment, you would get a tea leaf and card reading. When I found out the tea room was getting 
$2.50 and I was only getting a dollar of it, it ate my guts out. That I didn't mind the tea room making money. It bothered me that they were making money uh, because of my talent and the talent of people around me. And the people that were doing this work in those days were not anywhere near as old as I am now. And they look 20 years older than what I look now. Um, people that did this work barely made a living and, and were treated really badly. Um, and, and it infuriated me that this woman had made her living from people like us. And when she didn't have the talent, and I figured that out, I was about 16 when I figured that out. Um, and, and, and I resented her doing so well, and we did so poorly. So I would often get into arguments. I got fired a few times, I quit a few times. And at around 21, um, I decided that I didn't want to be at the tea room anymore. It wasn't, it wasn't the life that I imagined. And people in those days that did this, live very poorly they often had serious drug addictions or they drank too much or they were poor and and unhealthy and they lived awful lives and and that wasn't what i felt i deserved um or, or wanted to do and uh, so i left the tea room and around that time i had also heard when a young man becomes a priest um he makes a vow to say a mass every day of his life. And I was, I knew that at, at the age that I was at then, this is what I would do. And I made a vow that day that I would do at least one psychic reading or practice being psychic every day. Um, and I went longer than 30 years without missing a day of practice. And, and it didn't matter how many readings I had done in the week, I would always practice or, and sometimes even now today, I still practice um, when I'm not working, doing readings. And if somebody just happens to be calling when I'm on a day off, uh, you know, it, even though I might be booked way in advance for an appointment, if somebody calls and I'm going to practice, I'll, and, and I answer the phone, they, they'll probably get a reading because it's all, because it's better to do than, than, than to practice it. So um, I went more than 30 years without uh, missing a day of practice and commitment. And, and I constantly practicing even now today. So my ability has gotten better as I've gotten older and I put the work in. By the way, I've done some, you know, some of the math. I, I, I've done more than 100,000 psychic connections in my lifetime. Since you've been doing psychic readings for over 50 years, yeah. how have you seen the public opinion of psychics change? I mean, in the beginning, did they think you were evil or demonic and now you're accepted? Oh, absolutely. Um. Most of the time, I'm accepted, or or the field is, is accepted. In in the early days, it 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 wasn't very well respected at all, um, and and I, and I came up with a lot of um, problems or difficulties. But it was the changing times, and, and and I was born just at the right time, at the the beginning of the the new era, as it were. Um, and 
it was becoming more and more acceptable. Um, today, it's not a big deal to go and get a reading. 40 years ago, it was. And very few people would even admit to, to doing readings. And when I worked at the tea room, there would be people that would come to the tea room and get a reading from me, and they might see me on the street later and would ignore me or 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 not acknowledge me. You know, that, that would that happened. And um as as psychic fairs uh um came along, but I think the real big thing that made the difference was was um the internet people being able to go online um you know um across the street is the same distance between where i live right now and australia um so across the street is 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 right in front of me just as australia is because of the internet so we or people in the new age um started spreading out um, it became easier for people to do stuff and to learn. It became more um, acceptable and it's become mainstream. So there's no, sh there's not that much shame in having a reading now. And, and often, you know, it's quite acceptable. Um, I still, after all these years, I, 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 in my private life, I don't really flaunt what I do. Are you ever wrong? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding? Um, there is nobody walking on this planet that is 100%. Okay? Nobody, sorry, everybody's 100% when they're off. Nobody is 100% accurate or right on whatever they do. We always make mistakes. Always, always, always. And, and I've been aware of that since I was doing this also. And um, I guarantee the work I do, like if I did a reading for you today or 30 years ago, I guarantee from the time I do your reading until the ending of my life or yours. Oh, and, and since the mid-70s, all the readings I do get recorded and my clients always have a recording. And if for whatever reason, one of my clients feels that the service I gave them was not of value, I'll give you back your money and give me back your, give me back my reading and I'll just give you back your money. Now, if I did a reading for you 30 years ago and you come to me today and say, hey, Robert, that reading you did 30 years ago was a, you know, a pile of crap. I want my money back. You're getting 30 years ago money. You're not getting today's money back, yeah. right? This isn't like a, a, a windfall, but I, but I give back the money I, and I do that. And do I do, can I do, and do I have to? I do. What do you say about your customers or people Clients, that, yeah. that they'll say, why are you charging for your God-given talent? Because it's how I make my living. Oh, I've got a couple of stories about that. But but um, before I do, um, there's a guy named, um, um, I'm not a football fan, really a football fan. Who's the, who's the guy um, played for, played in Boston and then he won a bunch of... Um, Tom um, Brady? Yeah, okay. Tom Brady has a God-given talent. Right. And he sells it and he makes 
millions of dollars on his God-given talent. Um, painters make a lot of money. Artists, um, musicians make money with their ability. We humans have a God-given talent. We, we have a thumb. And there are very few animals on the planet that have a thumb. And that gives us something very special, a God-given talent. We can hold things. Oh, well, if you hold a hammer, are you, are you, are you um, abusing your God-given talent? Oh, oh, if you're using, if you're holding your hammer and you're making money at it, is, are you abusing your God-given talent? No. God gives you something to use. I would never have been anywhere near as good as I am if I did it part-time. The reason I've reached the level that I've reached at is because of the hard work and dedication I've been able to give and to do um, and constant practice. So I've taken what I have and expanded it and then given to people. There are very seldom that I've ever refused somebody if they didn't have any money. There's been times, but but there are very seldom a time where where I don't do a reading for somebody, and it's it's because they don't have the money. Um, that almost never happens. So if I don't do a reading, and it might be because they couldn't afford, but there would be other reasons why too. Um, that's what I say. Once you've seen the future, you know, like when you saw that hockey goal, yeah. can the future still be changed or do you think yes. it is? Well, <laughs> you ask these questions. I, I guess so. The great questions, by the way. Thank you, Jeff. Um, so we have free choice and free will to do anything we want. Um, we're accountable, but we have free choice and free will. Uh the future can be changed if it can be seen. So if you can see something, you can change it. There have been times where, um, classic one that I can remember, uh, during, I, I think it was in the 1980s, um, the Winter Olympics were held in Calgary, Alberta. And when the, when the Olympics were over, um, this woman had, come to me for a reading um and it turned out that she was a producer for um ctv uh ctv uh um stations uh, across the country and she was a producer and she was at the games and she came to me for a reading and she rode her bike up to my house um she got a reading i i remember her very clearly well, I can't remember what she looks like now. I, I, I remembered her very clearly, and it was a fun reading. And um, she she left, and and I did this reading that would took well well into her future. I saw a lot into the future of of her life. Two days later, after her reading, I was watching the late night CTV news, and they were doing a, an obituary for a woman and i looked at the screen and it was the woman that i had done a reading for two days before and it turned out that on her bike riding home from getting her reading she got hit by a car and got killed 
how in the fuck could something like that have happened if I am as good as I thought I was? How could I possibly, how could that have, how could I have missed that? Mm-hmm. It shocked me. Um, and then I realized when, uh, when something that is destined often cannot be seen, because if it can be seen, it be can it can be changed. And I saw something, but I didn't see her death. And it was her time. If I would have told her about an accident or seen it, it would have changed. And that's about the best that I can do when I say it. And or maybe I just screw up. And there are times when I have done that as well. Okay. So that's how I that's how I I I um deal with that. It's interesting that you point that out, destiny, because some of my near death experience guests, it seems like that their body shouldn't have been survivable. Absolutely, but, yes. And even during their experience, they're told, you know, you have to go back. Mm-hmm. Yes. So destiny cannot be changed. So if you can see something, it can be changed. Well, since we're speaking about the future, what have you seen for 2022? I know that you're more of a personal psychic, but have you seen any global events? Oh, yeah. Well, there's a few. Um, (laughs) There's going to be a lot. Um, The second part of 2022, especially from around August onward, is going to be... um, distinctly more enjoyable and more comfortable than the first six or seven months of 2022 around the world certainly in our our continent i'm in canada so we're part of north america um and a lot of the um free world as it were the first world we're we're going to be going through a, a, a lot of um economic challenges and crisis this is going to be worldwide um a lot of conflict between old friends and a lot of conflict between old our old friends and and other enemies or or like y- your country and and us because of it um are are going to be very close to a major clash um with the soviet with the russia it's it's it's, it's building now um it doesn't happen, but but it's building in us. And and late April, May, March, April, May is 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 a really scary time in 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 the world. It's not as great as the Cuban Missile Crisis, but it's it's it is it, it, quite up there. COVID is going to be with us for another two or three years. Hmm. However, the difference is. As this recent strain has come along, um, it's distinctly weaker than than the other two, or you know, the viruses that have been hitting us. And that's going to be the way of this particular pandemic. How it's going to be? So there's going to be a fourth round, but 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 the the COVID virus that that 
um, mutated will be considerably weaker than than the one that's 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 um, charging around uh, North America and different parts of the world now. Um, it, it'll be weaker as this one is weaker. And then there might be a fifth, but it would be like catching, you know, the sniffles or something like that. Um, so that's going to go on for a couple of years, but, but certainly in, in, in the autumn of 2022, it isn't going to be one where people are shooting at each other, as it were. Um, I'm using that as an example, arguing with one another. And, and um, uh, it, it's not going to be quite as, as, as crazy. So we'll, we'll have most of our freedom back. Um, well, we're more locked down than you guys are. But, but we'll, we, North America, we'll have most of our freedom back um, as, as we're into the fall months of, of, of 2022. Um, um, there is going to be a challenge for the president um, and President Biden. Um, some type of cardiovascular problem will be could be affecting him. I'm not sure if it'll be made public, but but he is going to. There is going to be some. The the the, the former president, um, Mr. Trump, um, will will um, have some major legal problems, and also have some major health problems near the end of the year as well, um, and and. Um, He's going to be in the news a lot. When your country reaches later in the year, October, November, um, you're going to be kinder to each other. You're, you're going to be nicer um, to each other. And this is uh, the beginning of a really special transition happening in 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 your country there are a lot of wounds that are multi-generational and wounds from what has been self-inflicted on american to american from many generations ago have never really been healed and through this year it starts happening and and Americans will start um, healing each other and, and the nation will be healing. It's quite exciting to see. Um, it probably won't peak in my lifetime, but 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 really a good chance that it will in yours. And there'll be a reason why it's called the United States. And and that's the and and so what I'm saying is 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 America is going to be doing is doing a lot of healing, um, and and um, I I I think some of the events of last year that are being celebrated today have scared and frightened a lot of Americans, and you know it's either go to war or make peace. Well, thank you for sharing those predictions. Now, by the way, um, I'm I'm not one that that does these types of things very often, and um, I I've never said what I just said. I you know you asked me, and I I just focused in as I if I were doing a reading. Do you think being psychic is the same thing as being spiritual? No, not at all. It's two different things. Uh, almost everybody is psychic. 
being psychic is not a spiritual gift. Being psychic, um, mammals, all mammals have a sense, an awareness. It's what create and, and specifically for humans, part of this instinct is what got us out of the caves. And it's a survival skill. Has there ever been a time you were just sitting somewhere, you know, maybe even reading a newspaper or something, and you look up and someone's been looking at you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or 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 you were looking at somebody, you're maybe walking down the street, and that person turns and looks at you. That's being psychic. That's the first start of being psychic. So being psychic is is getting in touch with our natural instinctive abilities. Being spiritual has nothing to do with those skills. A lot of people that do readings or um, give service um, and psychically and clairvoyantly or however they describe it, tend to be spiritual or focused in being, uh, sp being spiritual. Um, but the two work very well together, but, but the two can be separate. And what I do with, I, I used to teach a class and I'm going to be teaching one, um, uh, another one online uh, over the next year. Uh, I used to teach a one day seminar and I would take a group of strangers uh, or, you know, a couple of friends would come, but, but a group of strangers in a room, we locked the doors for the day. And I would guarantee those people in that room that they would be doing psychic ability, psychic readings for a stranger before the end of the day. And if not, I'll give you back your money. And um, I only gave back money a few times. Um, and, and I put on, I did that for 25 years or so. And I've had as many people in the room as over 300 and as, 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 as little as 10. And what I tell people is pay attention to what's obvious. When you become aware of what's obvious, then more becomes obvious again. And then when you become more aware of what's obvious, then even more becomes obvious. And when you practice becoming aware of what's obvious, eventually, when you're focusing, what you're seeing is not obvious to people around you. And I teach, that's one of the things that I, that's one of the, 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 the pieces. Be, look and see, feel, get in touch with all of your senses. You know, we think of ESP, extra sensory perception. Well, somebody who has ESP, that implies you've got more than normal people. Everybody has ESP. We have five common um, senses. You know, that, there, I, I think there's a whole lot more been discovered, but I'm old fashioned. Let's say there's five, touch, taste, smell, see, uh, hear. Um, when you take all of those senses and use them, put them all together, you get a sixth sense. And that's where the intuition or psychic ability comes from. It can be, it can be taught. Can everybody do it? No. Um, think of a bell-shaped curve. At one end of the bell-shaped curve, there is one person that has absolutely zero, none awareness. And then there's a guy at the other end, 
I would have liked to have been him. He is absolutely 100%, absolute, got it all, right? And then the rest of us fit somewhere in between. And by developing and practicing um, those skills, you can do psychic readings. You can start using other ways to get you there, but basically being psychic is, is, is a natural phenomenon that almost everybody does experience and has. We all have it. Now, when you say yeah. um, notice the obvious, yes. can you be a little more specific about that? Is that what you obviously see when you look at the person or and you hear, smell, touch? Okay, or- slightly different way to say it. Um, so primarily my career has been been a, a psychic. It's, 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 it's what I've done. Um, but I get avocations as well, and I get really obsessed about them. And, and uh, you know, there was one period where I, you know, got really into baking, and, and, and I lived in a remote community, and people didn't know that I was Robert Lindsay Milne psychic. They thought I was a pastry chef. But, but I never charged. I just baked, and I used to bake every day, and, and, and I always did readings, uh, not in this small little town. Um, so um, there was... I'm trying to remember why I said that. So um, please tell me the question again. What is it? Because um, I have the answer. What, I just can't remember. Can you please be a, a little more specific what you mean by noticing the obvious? Right. One of my avocations, one of my hobbies was um, I used to like to paint houses, uh, inside houses, you know, you know. And it was one of the very few things that I was uh, good at that was mechanical or, you know, took physical skills. And um, I lived in one house for five years and I painted it from top to bottom five different times in that five years. And I would paint friends' houses and things like that just because I really dug doing it. Um, had a friend who was a a building contractor. And one day he came to visit me in my new house that I had just finished. And he walked in and he looked around and he said, who the hell did your paint job, Robert? And I said, "Uh, me. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. And I said, well, wait a minute. Tell me the reason why you asked me that question. What did you see that I didn't see? And he started pointing out mistakes I made. They were obvious to him. They were not obvious to me. But when he showed them to me, they were obvious. And I never... um, And I never missed seeing them again. And everywhere I go now, when I look at a paint job, I see the errors and the mistakes. Because to me now, they're obvious. Back then, they were obvious to Hugh O'Malley, but not to me. So that's the first stage of becoming aware of what's obvious. Look at the person. See them. Look at the way they look. Look at the way they listen to how they talk. Just just pay attention to them. And then when you see them, you'll see more. And then more and more. A major part of my career has been appearing on radio and TV shows as a performing psychic. And I did my online or my, my 
performing readings on air um, the exact same way I do in person. And one of the things that I tell people, like when I'm doing a call-in show, is I want you to tell me your first name and where you're calling from. You know, my name is Mary. I'm calling from uh, Manhattan. Okay, great. Um, Have a question, but write it down, but don't ask it. So tell me your first name, where you're calling from, and have a question ready. And I say, oh, thanks a lot, Mary. And by, by, by the way, what happened to the plumbing uh, the, uh, under your sink today? And, and I would do that. And, and I would describe things. And in those days, I was doing what they, come, they do as remote viewing. I was doing that kind of stuff back then, but I didn't know what it was. And, and I'm not a disciplined remote viewer. However, um, I'm trying to remember the show last year, I was doing a, a call in um, and it was open line. I was taking the calls and, and uh, this guy came on. I can't remember. Maybe George. Anyway, George says, uh, gives me his name. And I do a, say a couple of things to him. And I say, now, George, I, I need you to answer this. Yes or no. Do you li- um, or just answer it exactly. Do you live like in a large house or do you live like in a small apartment type building? And he said, a small apartment type building. I said, okay, thank you. If you were standing in front of that building, facing the front on the left side. I got a recording of this that I can let you hear Uh, um, on the left side of the building at the top, right in the middle, halfway down towards the back, there's been some kind of water damage or something that's been, you know, pretty serious. You need to pay attention to it. And the guy said, how did you know that the roof caved in because of the water damage last week? Like at that time, in that moment, it was obvious to me i saw it i felt it okay so i described it i felt it was obvious before that time it wasn't but when i was connecting to this guy things got more and more obvious and i said them so i also still practice and when i do shows and even when i do readings which i still do a fair amount um every month I take a couple of the readings that I've done and I watch them and I, and I watch um, how I've said what I've said. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, practicing when I was performing and, and I've gone around the world appearing on radio and TV shows. um, I would also practice. I would also listen to the sound bites. There would be times when I would be doing a, a call and I would be, you know, saying stuff and I'd be then saying to myself, Robert, th- this is crap. You're, you're going to get caught. Um, anybody out there that's listening is going to see what you're talking about. They know it's, it's going to be really obvious to them. This is, you, you know, and then later on when I'm listening to um, an air check and I remember the state of mind I was in when I was doing that reading for that person on the air. And I remember me saying to myself, man, you're going to get caught doing this because because this is so bloody basic and obvious. When I listened, it wasn't obvious at all. But it starts with paying attention to what's obvious. So when I would take a call or when I'm doing a reading for somebody in front of me, um, I would see things that would be obvious but there would be stuff that's obvious because I'm already aware. 
And when you're at the stage that I'm at, like 57 years on the job and um, more than 100,000 connections, um, there's a lot of things that happen that I see that um, are obvious about people that I've learned by being psychic, but now being aware that they're, they're obvious. So pay attention, get used to looking, sensing, and that'll get you started. There's a whole lot of other things that go with it, but that's one of the things. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So I've taken it from being special to everybody can do it if you want to put the work in. Yes. On a personal level, are you a yes. religious person? No. Do you believe in God? I do. Um, um, I believe... I, I don't believe that there is a Christian God, that, that God is Christian or Hebrew or, or, or um, Muslim uh, or Buddhist. I, 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 I think our God, um, the creator, is many things. And, and I don't think God has a real personal opinion about whether you're a good person or a bad person. I, I, you know, it, it, I would think of God as like a gardener, and, and, and a gardener would love all the f plants in the garden and, and um, take care of them uh, and wouldn't expect the, 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 the plants to be anything other than plants. So I think that, and I think that our concept of what God is, is about the same as the concept that a, a whale would have of the Gobi Desert, the same amount of awareness, because we just don't know. We just don't know. Um, I believe in being good. I, I, I believe in, in um, contributing. I, I my my big thing these days is being kind um, and 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 giving, um, and, and and I believe that there is a creator, but there's other things that go along with that. So, but but as soon as you start putting a label on it, then you're you're um, you're minimizing whatever God could be. Do you have an opinion of tarot cards or astrology? Absolutely. Um, I've never um, actually, well, astrology and tarot cards. Um, let's talk about astrology. Somebody can be an astrologer by studying the science of astrology. And I know a couple of people that, that are total. Um, my dog just barfed on the floor. That's great. <laughs> Way to go, Tyson. Thank you. Um, so, so, um, <laughs> um, I, I know a couple of people that have studied astrology as a science, and they say this is what it is. I know a couple of people that that um, do astrology as into as as intuitive, and I know a lot of astrologers th that do both. Um, and it's also the same as as tarot. Um, there are people who can do tarot readings because they know what the cards mean. And then there are people who don't know what the cards mean, and they still do readings by focusing their attention on the cards, or that's their medium, what, what they focus on. 
And then, and then somebody that would use a medium would, would, would be able to use it in any way that they would perhaps choose. So at, at the cozy tea room where I started, um, I had to do things like do palm readings, card readings, crystal ball readings, like right here is, is, I, I don't know if you can see it, but I've had this crystal ball for almost 40 years. I I've never really used it, but it sat beside me for almost this length of time. That's been beside me when, with every time I've done a reading or a show or something, it's, it's just with me. Um, so there's a lot of energy in that, but I don't look into the crystal ball and see things. Um, I can put tarot cards down and sense things, but, but I really won't understand what the tarot are, are about. Um, but I don't need to do that. Um, and one of the things that I do with people that use a medium, I don't say you shouldn't. What what I would like, what I'd like to do is is show them a way to do it without using their medium, and then when they can apply it and add it to uh, their you know the quiver they keep their arrows or out you know add it to their the quiver. So, um, and. It doesn't matter how somebody gets to the right answer. This isn't like a mathematics exam where you get points because you know how it, it you know how you got to the answer. In this business, it's did you get the answer or not? Mm-hmm. So so you get like a hundred points for getting the answer, zero if you don't. Uh, you don't get points because you know the process. Right. Okay. Now, I was checking out your YouTube channel, and yes. if you can give me a couple things. One yes. is, what is the name of your channel? And two, I saw a video about Twin Flames. So what do you know about Twin Flames? The name of my podcast is called My Side of the Crystal Ball. And um, when when we were in rehearsals or, or when the producer and I made the arrangement, she said, we'll have to come up with a name. And I thought, hmm, how about My Side of the Crystal Ball? And the way I also came up with it was was um, often when someone's saying, um, how's your day? Or or I'll say to somebody, a friend of mine, you know, I got to get going. I've got a long day of slaving over a hot crystal ball. Like I often use that that expression, you know, um, and and so that's how I came across my side of the crystal ball. Um, and the question you asked, the second one was about, I noticed that you had a video about twin flames. Yes. What do you and know about? Them? Not a whole lot. Um, the, the, the guest's name, her, her, her name is Alhari. Um, she is naturally an American, uh, but she did live in Canada for, for six years. She, she's a lawyer, was a lawyer. Um, and she had a twin, has a twin flame relationship with her ex. He was a Canadian, um, and it was it was um, a really intense, acrimonious one. And and I'm not sharing, I'm not telling tales because she talks about it in, uh, in the podcast. Um, according to these people, and I cannot say that it's right or wrong, um, and, and I'm not going to even try. Um, and, and I would lean to listen to what anyone will say rather than say it's, it's not. Um, she claims, and people that are interested in twin flames, is that everyone on the planet has a twin flame. Yeah. And that what that means is two beings sharing the same soul. So two physical beings sharing the same soul. 
and and the impact that they have on one another when and having those twin flame relationships and and um a lot of the time they can be intensely acrimonious all right well due to time i need to switch gears with you please how do people contact you or find you well you can find me on my um website www.robertlindsaymilne.com you can find me on my uh podcast uh my side of the crystal ball on youtube uh uh facebook instagram and and spotify i i can't believe i'm doing all this kind of stuff do you know how long it took me to do the 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 call to action to get it right so anyway i just did it now so that's how you can find me robert lindsey mill and uh love to hear from anybody just just you know, send a message and say hi. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave yes. us with one last positive message? I'd like to, I would leave it with um, the way I end my podcast. And, and and these are my my real inner beliefs. And, and, and so how I'd like to leave it is do good, um, stay safe, and above all, just be kind. That's great. All right, Robert. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and I wish you massive success in whatever you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take care. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.